There are two out of the ordinary things on my schedule this month. The first thing is being put under general anesthesia for a medical procedure. I have to arrive at the medical center at 6.30 in the morning, and the procedure will take about three hours. This is the fourth time I've had this procedure. I know the drill. Still, it doesn't get any easier, and it certainly doesn't get any cheaper. The second thing is going to a baby shower for two friends. Now, let me be clear, I love these friends dearly. They've helped me out of a sticky situation, or several. They have hosted me for Thanksgiving, they babysat in my cello for several months, and they once made me waffles with Nutella on my birthday. They have been exquisitely kind, good friends. I need my nitpicky little brain to remember all of that. You see, right now my brain has chosen to focus all its energy on panicking a tiny bit because a friend of my friend's, the baby shower hostess, has arranged for their baby shower to be held in a church of my birth denomination. It'll probably be fine. I'm probably worrying for nothing. I've been known to do that on occasion. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that I'll cross the threshold into that church or even just the threshold into the parking lot, and I'll freeze. I'm afraid that I'll be so tense about entering a church of my birth denomination after four years of avoiding those churches like the proverbial plague that I won't be fully present at this important event for my dear friends. I'm afraid I'll smell that familiar smell, see that familiar building layout and those familiar mass-distributed posters and books, and start panicking. I dearly want to be at that baby shower. My friends mean too much to me to skip the baby shower, and there's no way I can ask that the shower be held elsewhere. That would be unreasonable, and I don't want to be that guest who makes unreasonable demands. And what would I say, anyway? I'm in therapy partly because of this church. Well, not this church in particular. Y'all seem cool. But the denomination this church belongs to. Can we please move this event, which has nothing to do with the church it's in, to a different free location? Uh, no. I'm not going to say that. So I will clam up and deal with it. I will do this because I am an adult, and I love my friends, and I want to be there for them on this important occasion, even if I do feel a little bit like an ex-alcoholic walking into a bar. Maybe it'll be good for me to visit? A sort of exposure therapy, perhaps? Maybe it'll be an important next step in my psychological journey? A girl can dream. But just in case, to ward off any potential panic attacks, I'm taking precautions. I'm going to rub a little lavender oil onto my jewelry so I'll have help relaxing. I'll probably do some power poses in my rental car in the church parking lot, like I would before a job interview, to help me feel confident and relaxed. And two hours before I drive to that church for the baby shower, I'm going to a nearby Episcopal church to participate in worship and partake of the Eucharist, which I dearly love. Although I am always conscious of the part of Eucharistic prayer C in the Book of Common Prayer, which says, deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. 
At the shower itself, I'm going to make a continual effort to focus on my friends and tune out my surroundings. I'm really going to try hard to make the event all about my friends and this exciting new chapter in their lives, instead of letting my worries and anxieties take over and drown them out in my head. After all, this event isn't about me. It is in no way, shape, or form about me. It's totally and rightfully all about my friends and their forthcoming little one. I'm also going to bring along the three little religious medals I have. As I mentioned previously, I have a medal of St. Jude Thaddeus that I wear on occasion, since he's the patron saint of desperate cases and lost causes, and that's kind of me in a nutshell. I also have medals of Saints Cosmas and Damien, patron saints of doctors and pharmacists, and St. Oscar Romero, the slain Archbishop of El Salvador. Why, you ask? That's a long story. All four of these folks will be going to that baby shower with me in spirit. I'm going to ask them to clear the way for me to center my friends in that experience. I'm going to draw from the strength they displayed during their lives and deaths. If St. Oscar Romero could find the courage to deliver his honest radio addresses every week, even while his colleagues doing similar work on behalf of the poor were being martyred, I think I can spend a few hours in a church for the sake of dear friends who have been nothing but gracious and supportive about my faith journey. As I write this, as I puzzle it out word by word, I'm feeling calmer. I will not be alone there in that church. I will have the saints and my friends who are saints in their own right. It helps a great deal to know that. It's strange that I should find so much solace in the saints, and yet not so strange. When I was a teenager, I persuaded my mother and sister to rent the movie Therese, which chronicles the life of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Please tell me I wasn't the only non-Catholic teenager interested in films endorsed by the Vatican. Anyone else out there? Hello? Even though I was fully conscious of my family's unease with the film's portrayals of the miracles St. Therese experienced, I was still entranced by this story of a girl my own age who was so firm in her desire to become a Carmelite nun. To my way of thinking, even back then, my birth church wasn't being very consistent with its views on saints. It ignored the idea of saints while still wondering why big, crazy miracles stopped happening after the time of Peter and Paul. To me, the answer was obvious. Big, crazy miracles did happen after Bible times. Wasn't that an indicator of sainthood? Didn't we have all these stories about men and women, boys and girls, who witnessed and performed big, crazy miracles? I think my birth church's problem with saints is threefold. First, they are uneasy with the supposed worship of saints that goes on. It seems like idolatry to them. Second, my birth church doesn't believe in immediate resurrection after death. It doesn't believe you go directly up or down after death. You just kind of hang around sleeping until Jesus returns. So if there are all these saints who are supposedly going straight up, that kind of puts a kink in their theology. Third, to put it quite simply, saints are too Catholic. I mentioned my birth church's ongoing tiff with Catholicism in the previous episode, and rest assured I'll come back to it later. But for now, 
suffice it to say that if anything is associated with Catholicism, my birth church will not be a fan. Rosaries? No way. Transubstantiation? Forget about it. Christmas and Easter? In some places, no. When I came to the Episcopal Church and started learning about its theology and practices, something struck me about the saints, how real they seemed, and how much I enjoyed learning about their lives. They were so human. They argued with God and with each other. They wrote blistering treatises and heartfelt autobiographies filled with quiet faith. Why wouldn't these good folks go straight up to heaven, rather like Enoch did? Why wouldn't they be in a good role to intercede on my behalf? My birth church was all about intercessory prayer, humans praying on one another's behalf, asking God to grant desire X or outcome Y. If that wasn't idolatry, why was it considered idolatry to ask a saint to do the same thing for me? So now I have those three medals of four saints. I have one icon of the Virgin Mary, the mother of God of tenderness, and another of Julian of Norwich, who, I'll admit, is not technically a saint, except in my book. These images go with me into stressful situations, even the most optimized of stressful situations. They tell me that I have not experienced anything, any stress, any grief or trouble, that they have not experienced. They tell me I do not walk alone. This has been Hot Bread and Other Heresies. Thanks for listening.